What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? Hero Bread serves up 0 to 1 grams of net carbs, 5 to 11 grams of protein, and high fiber in every delicious serving. Made with natural ingredients, Hero Bread supports gut health, promotes weight management, and helps maintain blood sugar. Hero also drops other limited edition ultra-low net carb goodies like rich, flaky croissants and buttery brioche slider rolls. Head to Hero.co to shop today. Welcome to Success Story, the most useful podcast in the world. I'm your host, Scott D. Clary. The Success Story podcast is part of the Blue Wire Podcast Network, as well as the HubSpot Podcast Network. The HubSpot Podcast Network has other great podcasts like Marketing Made Simple, hosted by Dr. J.J. Peterson. Now, Marketing Made Simple brings you practical tips to make your marketing easy and, more importantly, make it work. If you like any of these topics, you definitely want to go check out the show, How to Write and Deliver a Captivating Speech, How to Market Yourself into a New Job, How Design Can Help and Also Hurt Your Revenue, Creating a Social Media Ad Strategy That Actually Works. If these topics resonate with you, go check out Marketing Made Simple wherever you get your podcasts. Today, my guest is Evan Sohn, Chairman and Chief Executive Officer of Recruiter.com, which is an on-demand recruiting platform that combines AI and video job matching technology with the world's largest network of independent recruiters. Evan is a frequent contributor to CNBC and Yahoo Finance, most notably for his diverse set of experiences growing and building companies in various industries. He's worked in Wi-Fi, instant messaging, data security, customer relationship management, and many more. He started his first company, his own mobile computing company in the 1990s. That was acquired by Dunn & Bradstreet. He's aided a number of venture-backed companies in growing their businesses. These companies have been acquired by the likes of Symantec and Verifone, to name a few. Uh, He is also the co-founder and vice president of the Sohn Conference Foundation, a cause that aims to fight pediatric cancer as well as other childhood diseases. He has an incredible track record of building a ton of different companies in various industries. And what he's done is he's taken his experience in tech and innovation and used it to disrupt the recruiting industry with Recruiter.com. Some of the things we spoke about, the great resignation, why workers were leaving en masse despite high unemployment and the changes employers can make to come out on top and find new talent, recruit new talent or retain talent. We spoke about the talent pool shuffle, the changes companies have to make if they want to reach uh, the best talent, they want to have the best people in the job, they have to start reaching out to the underemployed, they have to start reaching out to high school and college educated workers. Uh, It can't just all be the traditional hiring process, the traditional uh, job candidate for certain roles. Uh, we spoke about the disruption that Evan um, deployed at Recruiter.com, disrupting the recruiting and the talent acquisition world, and how he built at Recruiter.com successfully to be the largest independent network of recruiting uh, talent combined with the technology play. Uh, we also spoke about the new world of work, so how recruiters and job candidates are seeing a totally different uh, type of employer-employee relationship uh, in a post-COVID world. And lastly, the tinderization of the recruiting industry and why you should be swiping right on 
gig economy or on-demand recruiting and what it means for businesses, uh, as well as the financial impact that this new uh, norm of recruiting and talent acquisition is having on businesses in the US and globally. So we went into a lot of recruiting conversation for businesses and very tactical recruiting tips, as well as some commentary and some thoughts on what's happened to the recruiting and talent industry uh, throughout COVID. Considering the fact that five years ago, we were having the conversation, is remote work right for us and will never be for it, will always be against it. Fast forward to 2022, a complete 180 on that stance, obviously. So a lot of changes have happened. Let's jump right into it. This is Evan Sohn. He is the chairman and chief executive officer of recruiter.com. Hey, so uh, thanks again, Scott, for having me on your show. Um, my story is actually pretty fun. I, I've been very privileged and honored to work with some incredible people. Um, I started my first company in 1989, uh, right out of NYU Business School, uh, in mobile computing. So I'm, I'm old, or certainly older. Uh, mobile in the 90s looked very, very different than what mobile looks like today. Um, and uh, grew that company over a decade with clients like um, Merck and Bristol-Myers Squibb and Abbott Laboratories, um, uh, American Express, TD Ameritrade, NASA, AT&T, you know, all these uh, really cool clients. Um, and we got acquired by Dun & Bradstreet in 1998. Um, a lot of fun. Uh, stayed there for a little while, got pulled out by a venture capital company to go into the security space. That eventually led to uh, another company that was acquired by uh, Message Labs. Uh, a, a UK-based company that was uh, stayed there for a little bit. That company actually eventually got acquired by Symantec. Um, then uh, left there, went to a mobile company that got acquired by uh, Verifone, uh, spent some time in the payment space, uh, left there, went to a Silicon Valley company um, called Point, P-O-Y-N-T, and uh, Point was acquired by GoDaddy about a year ago. Um, so that's my origin story, um, usually on the operation side. You know, my background really is sales. Uh, I would call sales, product strategy, corporate strategy. Um, you know, I, I, I have a really good sense of where the, or I try to have a good sense of where the hockey puck is going. I'll use mm -hmm. uh, that when I say hockey, I actually mean Canadian hockey, given that you're from Toronto. Um, <laughs> And then, uh, and then being able to run the, the ball down the field, you know, set the plays, run the ball down the field. So that's my background. Um, and then uh, I got involved with Recruiter.com about three years ago uh, by one of the original investors brought me in. Um, Recruiter.com really was a media company. So when you think of a media company, you think of lots of social media, a lot of touch points. Uh, uh, it had a rate, it has a, a rate card for selling advertisements, et cetera. So companies like Indeed and LinkedIn actually paid Recruiter.com to market their services to the overall network. We run four of the 10 largest LinkedIn groups. And uh, I got involved to really transform a media company like Recruiter.com into a technology platform. And that's really what we've done in the last uh, three years. So a lot of fun. Um, in June of 20, I know I'm getting long-winded here, Scott. It's a lot of fun. No, um, no, 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 no. I don't need to talk. This is your story. You, you go for it. You, you talk as much you know, as you want. Is, uh, yeah. You know, <laughs> uh, I'll tell you a quick story later. Um, you know, the uh, in in uh, June of 2020, really at the height of the pandemic, May after, sorry, May of 2020, at the height of the pandemic, I sat down with the board and basically said, hey, look, you know, when this pandemic is over, you know, the job market's going to be an absolute shambles, disarray, whatever. I, I didn't know it'd be this bad. Um, and, you know, we're going to be the company that really helps 
get things back on track. And I quit my day job and I became uh, the uh, the CEO. The CEO, who was the co-founder of the company, shifted over to the right. Uh, he became the COO and president and I became the COO and uh, the CEO. And uh, we uh, marched our way up to NASDAQ. We uplisted on NASDAQ uh, this past uh, July. Our first day of trading was July 2nd on NASDAQ. And uh, we've been growing ever since. A lot of fun. So what is the so what is the the, the current state of, of recruiter.com? So what the hell do we so, do, right? Yeah. What do you do is now? What do you do now? So you said you exactly what, what, what the hell do you do now? See, so you what did you did the media do? piece. Yeah. And that was when you joined. And then now obviously it's it's uh, evolved so, since. Yeah. So recruiter.com uh has this incredible huge network of recruiters. Uh lots of small and independent recruiters. And uh our thesis was let's take these recruiters and get them on assignments specifically for companies, that these recruiters have skills uh, that companies are going to have access to, either on a full-time basis or on a gig basis. Um, and uh, we call it on-demand recruiting. So we started this, this path of on-demand recruiting, and we now have you know uh, hundreds of uh, recruiters out on assignment, none of whom actually work for us. So you can think of it as like Uber mm -hmm. for recruiting or Upwork for recruiting. Uh, all, all levels of talent acquisition. And when you get into the talent acquisition space, it's highly, highly specialized. You know, your recruiter that's gonna do work for you over in Fort Lauderdale, Florida, specifically for media, is not the scientific recruiter that Pfizer would use to help find junior scientists to work in their location in Massachusetts. It's a very, very, uh, very, very specialized area. And it's getting even more specialized in, uh, in this whole remote work and work from anywhere and hire from anywhere and all these other things tied to it. Um, so we had this on-demand platform. And then we recognized that, you know, every company that comes to us really has an appetite for candidates. That's really what they're looking for. They're having a hard time hiring, uh, big and small, a hard time, different challenges. The bigger you are, it's a different challenge than if you're small. And uh, we realized that the best way to make sure that the recruiters uh, actually can do their jobs better than anybody else was to give them tools. And we invested millions of dollars into a, an incredible technology stack. So we have full-on AI search and engagement tools, 170 million profiles in our database, uh, really amazing. So we have on-demand recruiting software and on-demand recruiters. We have some clients that self-service on our platform. We have some clients that, that just use our tools, some clients that just use our recruiters, and then clients that use both recruiters and, and our software. So if our software is used to help build a candidate pipeline, uh, then, they, then you can hand that pipeline over to different levels of recruiters to do the the full sort of hiring there. Understood. Okay, that makes a lot of sense. So you've you've gigified basically the the, the recruiter economy. Yeah. Um, so let's let's talk about some of the let's talk about some of the things that have come out of the past two years and some of the things that I'm I'm assuming companies hire recruiter.com to actually solve for so what is the current what is the current job market like how many people yeah. are leaving their jobs is the is Crazy, it just right? as volatile as it was at the beginning you know you hear about the great resignation everybody leaving en masse everybody going virtual what's the current state because you're you're in this yeah. so you have a pretty yeah, good no, perspective it's, uh, on it. it it's yes so there are three macro events going on today in the world, uh, in the US. Uh, two of them are episodic and one is systemic. So the first, uh, the first one is really uh, talent shortage, right? You had all these companies that furloughed their people or shut down totally. Uh, and now 
you have uh, 4% unemployment, you have 10.5 million open jobs, hard to get people to come back to work, salary increases, wage inflation, you know, uh, ghosting, all these other things that you're sort of hearing about. And that's episodic because that actually will get resolved probably in the next year, 18 months, right? You know, the notion that this restaurant can't open on, on you know, after 10 o'clock because they can't staff, they'll find the staff, they'll figure that out. They'll get that balance between wage and quality of life and all these other things. The, the second, and by the way, we have a lot of clients in that manufacturing space and hospitality space, et cetera, that are in that hourly economy side of things, uh, the working, you know, work collar. The, the second really is the great resignation. Now, what most people, don't recognize is that the US churn, right? There are 160 million working adults in the US, something like that. The annual turnover is somewhere between 22 and 25%. So that means that every month people quit, voluntarily quit, forget the layoffs, right? Voluntarily quit. So that was pre-COVID, that was just regular. Pre-COVID, always. Okay, so in okay, 2019, okay. I think the average was 3.5 million people quit every month. 3.3 to 3.5 million people quit. I wanna take a second and thank Indeed. They're a huge sponsor of the Success Story podcast. And as business leaders, we're all driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. It's to match with Indeed. Now, if you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites according to a recent Indeed survey. You need to ditch the busy work. You need to use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster all the tools you need are in one spot. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of the show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash Clary. Just go to Indeed.com slash Clary right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash Clary. Terms and conditions apply. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. This episode is brought to you by NetSuite. Now, as a business owner, I always remember when my company hits a growth spurt. It's great, but then you realize that things start to break. Things are taking three times as long. Manual processes start to bury your team in paperwork and admin, and you really don't have one reliable source of data or truth to understand how healthy your business is. If this sounds familiar, you have to know three numbers. 37,000, that's how many businesses have upgraded to NetSuite, the number one cloud financial system. 25, NetSuite turns 25 this year. That's 25 years streamlining accounting, inventory, HR, and more for growing companies. And one, because your business truly is one of a kind, NetSuite gives you customized solutions so you can manage everything about your business in one place, from inventory to invoicing, one powerfully efficient system. I love having all of my data in one spot. NetSuite allows me to do that. It gives me the big picture so I can make smarter decisions. And they turn complex financials into understandable actionable insights. Right now, you can get NetSuite's popular KPI checklist for free to help improve your business. It's designed to help you boost performance across key areas of your business. Go to netsuite.com slash scottclary to download the checklist and see how one complete system can transform your growth. That's netsuite.com slash scottclary. Get more control in your business 
with NetSuite. Just a quick question. Have you ever had one of those oh no moments when you realize that you accidentally deleted a huge file or worse, your whole computer dies? I know I have. It's happened to me a lot, but don't sweat it. The sponsor of today's episode, Backblaze, they have your back. It is unlimited backups for all your Macs, your PCs, or even your whole company. And it's really affordable, under a hundred bucks a year. If you're running a business, they take the stress out of protecting everyone's data. If you need more bells and whistles for compliance, so on and so forth, they have enterprise options too. Honestly, losing data sucks, but Backblaze makes getting it back easy. They have restored billions of files. They offer tons of restore options, including rapid recovery in an event of data loss or ransomware. And you can access your backed up data from everywhere and anywhere in the world using their web app, iOS, or Android apps. It's been recommended by the New York Times, Inc., Macworld, PC World, LifeWire, Wired, Tom's Guide, 9to5Mac, and tons more. And best, you can try it fully featured with no risk at backblaze.com story. They set up that link for all Success Story podcast listeners. That is a no-risk free trial at backblaze.com slash story. Seriously, back up your stuff. I don't know about you, but the idea of being harassed, scammed, or even worse, all because somebody found my personal information online, that's terrifying. Our political opinions, our addresses, even stuff about our families, it's out there for anyone to grab. And did you know that data brokers are allowed to sell information on over 98% of Americans? It's scary stuff. That's why I've partnered with Delete Me. I personally use Delete Me. They're a big friend of the podcast because I put myself out there online. So safety is a huge concern. It's really scary how easy it is to find someone's details and information. But Delete Me creates a layer of protection that we all need. You tell Delete Me what you want gone and they make it disappear from those sketchy data broker sites. And Delete Me doesn't stop. They constantly monitor the web to keep your information off those lists. It's like having a privacy watchdog that never sleeps. You need to take control of your data and keep your private life private by signing up for Delete Me. They're giving a special discount for all success story podcast listeners. Get 20% off your Delete Me plan when you go to joindeleteme.com slash success and use promo code success at checkout. The only way to get 20% off is to go to joindeleteme.com slash success and enter code success at checkout. J-O-I-N-D-E-L-E-T-E-M-E.com slash success. Hey everyone, I just want to take a second and thank the sponsor of today's episode, Heaven Hill Bottled and Bond Bourbon. Now, I don't have a lot of liquor sponsors on this show. Heaven Hill Bottled and Bond is actually one of my favorites. I've drank it for a few years now, and this is why we actually decided to work together. Heaven Hill Distillery, family-owned since 1935, is a great entrepreneur story, too. So there's five brothers. They filled their first whiskey barrels back in 1935, and their legacy still lives on today. Heaven Hill Bottled and Bond is aged over seven years. That's three more than required by the Bottled and Bond Act of 1897. This means the best quality, the best purity, and the best consistency. This is not just average bourbon. It's the winner of the double gold medals at multiple 2023 World Spirits competitions, and they've won the very prestigious Triple Still Award. It's a very big deal in the liquor and bourbon world. Heaven Hill Bottled and Bond boasts an exceptionally smooth oak flavor, while its aroma offers a sweet blend of caramel and smooth vanilla. If you love bourbon, you need to try Heaven Hill Bottled and Bond. Available nationally, look for a bottle at your local store. Heaven Hill reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely. Every month, there's just a regular number. So what's interesting is that 
you know, and we reported this, we do a recruiter index every month. Uh, in, in November, uh, in October, we said, oh, the great resignation is upon us. And about two weeks later, they announced that 4.5 million people quit in August. You know, and everyone's like, oh my God, 4.5. The reality is it's greater, the greater resignation, right? More people quit in August than before, but people quit more. every single, no, it's a million yeah. more, it's a lot, but still it's it, it more. Is. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But what's okay, interesting is that the, it's the, who was quitting then? Right, let's break out those numbers, right? So what you started to see is the knowledge workers start to leave, right? In other words, why? Well, guess what? I moved to Florida. I worked for a bank in New York. I moved to Florida because of COVID. The bank says you have to come back full time. I said, I'm never going back full time. Um, there are a lot of reasons. Grandma used to watch the children. Grandma doesn't want to, she's too scared. I can't work from, I have to work remotely. I like working remotely. I want the work-life balance. There are a lot of reasons why this is all happening. But we're seeing these things like it's never happened before. This notion of work from anywhere is really fostering this great resignation of why people are leaving. I, I want, um, um, my priorities have changed. You know, we call it the great reevaluation, right? Companies are changing what they're thinking. Employees are changing what they're thinking. That too is actually episodic, right? We believe the great resignation will really slow up probably by the summer. So you'll start to see those numbers come down of how many people are quitting, slightly tick it down. What's not changing is what we call the job hopper economy. So pre-pandemic, if you went to Silicon Valley and you saw a resume of someone for 12 years and they were at three or four companies in 12 years, you would say, oh my God, that software engineer is awesome. That's an awesome software engineer. If you saw, and again, I'm generalizing to prove a point, but like 60% of all millennials now have no problem leaving a company within six months. We're hearing clients say, yeah, an employee started and two weeks later they left because they got a better job from someplace else. Like incredible. So, you know, we might have had parents or grandparents that said, oh, you got to stay your employer for at least two years or four years. That's out the door now. So this job hopper economy is really fueling so much craziness on the, uh, the actual hiring and talent acquisition side of things. And I'll, let me explain. So five years ago, uh, I don't know where you're working five years ago, but let's assume you worked for a company five years ago, right? And now you were going for an interview. Let's think about what was the interview like five years ago? You brought a suit to the office, right? And yeah. you yeah. lied, right? And you told your manager, <laughs> well, it's my uncle's wife's died and I got to go to a funeral. It's really sad, et cetera. And you took off the afternoon. Um, the next day, there's a headhunter calling you up and you're like, your boss is like, who is that? Oh, it's my mother. She's really upset about my uncle's wife's fear. Like it's a whole cloak and dagger. And, and by well, the way, well, the and you can tell when somebody's leaving a company because they start they start taking they start taking days and they start walking out of the right. office or out of the cubicle to take the phone that, calls and right. whatnot. That's right. That's <laughs> right. You know, and, and look, we, we, we knew that, right? Oh, someone's getting sick a lot. Gee, maybe they're actually interviewing, right? So the expression finding a job as a full-time job was would not be authored in February of 22, right? It just would not be authored now. Why? Because what's interviewing today? Interviewing today is a 15-minute video interview. Right, it's a Zoom screen for 15 minutes. So let me get this right. If I could interview anytime I want, uh, if I'm home or I'm working remotely or hybrid, if geographically undesirable jobs don't exist anymore, right? Think about that, Scott. Think about how many jobs you didn't even look at because it was geographically undesirable. So mm -hmm. here's the thing. Everyone in this country today is more valuable than they were three years ago. 
everybody. And the reason is that, again, it, it's, the, it's the factory worker, the dishwasher at a restaurant, the waiter, the Java developer, everyone's more valuable. The reason is that, uh, let's assume you, you want to work remotely, right? And, but if I want you to work for my company, it doesn't matter to me where you work because I want your skills. So think about all of a sudden now, I could work from anywhere, I could work at any company I want, I can interview anytime I want. By the way, how easy is it to apply for a job now? It's clicking on, on a, you know, Indeed and LinkedIn. It. It's like a piece of cake. So the only thing that was holding you back from leaving was the stigma of, oh, I can't just leave that company. I've only been there for a year. Once that's removed, holy crap. And by the way, it's gone now. It's absolutely gone. There is no, there is no longer a stigma of leaving a company. Um, you know, Kevin O'Leary, Mr. Wonderful, wrote an article about three months ago begging employees, please stay at your company for at least 24 months. 24 months. That's nuts. So you're going to see now people leaving companies at a far more rapid basis. So by the way, if the number, if the number of the annual churn in the U.S., uh, the annual turnover is 22%, if it goes up to 30%, and I actually think it's going to go further, 30% increase will actually cost the U.S. economy $50 billion more in 22 than in 2019. And I, I, we, we blogged about it. I, I presented it on CNBC a couple of weeks ago. You know, that's an incredible investment that companies are now making into these things. And, and what this is really doing is really driving a tremendous demand for recruiters and for HR tech is now hot. You know, but I, I'll give you my soundbite is, you know, if it used to be that finding a job was a full-time job, the today's response is finding people is a full-time job. It is no longer something that if you're running a company with 30 or 40 people in it and used to hire three people a year or four people a year, you're now going to be hiring eight to 12 people a year. And that's just to keep up with the people that are leaving. Now, if you're hiring one person a month, that's a job. That's an actual, someone's going to have to be doing that. And I actually predict the same way that we all take, we all outsource, you know, every company has something doing with security whether it's email security, desktop security, hosted VPN services, managed service providers, all the way up to a chief security officer, I believe every company of, of a certain size will be allocating money towards something in talent acquisition and retention. Amazing. So that's obviously a, a, a massive shift and companies deal with it different ways, right? Of course, now, like you mentioned, recruiting recruiting as a service, uh, finding some sort of way to spend money so that they don't have to manage that task themselves because as, as somebody who hires people, that's an incredibly time-consuming task. Also, there's like, you know, gig economy and part-time and contractors are getting more popular as well. But I think the 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 thing that companies are probably thinking as they're hearing you walk through all these points is, okay, so how do I retain? How do I, uh, yeah. what's the what's the way that I actually keep people around? Because yeah, I can't be a shitty company anymore because there's so many other options out there. And like all the reasons you just mentioned, there's a, a lot of ways for people to jump ship. Is there anything you've seen work in retaining talent so that, because like, yeah, so, you know, the, you, you work in recruiting, right? You know how long, how much money yeah, and time and energy it takes exhausting. to onboard anybody. Yeah. Yeah, it's exhausting. And by the way, you look at Starbucks's recent earnings numbers were down because they spent more money in, in onboarding. Why? Because you used to onboard someone and they would stay X number of months. Now they're staying less than X months. Um, yeah. The, you know, the answer is two things. One is I think, I think every business owner needs to be thinking about their, their supply chain and pipeline, and they got to be looking at candidates on a regular basis and building a bench of them. The other is figuring out a way to get entry, more entry level folks. 
hey, so if you can have a role that is someone college great, because you'll be able to get a college grad, you know, to stay a little bit longer because you're going to provide them the skills and training, et cetera. Uh, I, then the, 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 from a candidate perspective, I think you got to show progression much, much more rapidly, right? You got to sit down with, you know, Scott, the employee and say, okay, Scott, here's where you are today. Here's where I want you to be a year from now. And here are the steps towards getting there. Because I don't want you thinking about, I want you thinking that if you look to leave, you're going to miss that next milestone. And what I'm really trying to do is to keep you to the next milestone. Gee, if you know that that you're getting a promotion every six months and you're at month four, gee, I'll wait two months. So I'll get a step up there before I start looking elsewhere. Now, that's really for the small business. You know, uh, one of our one of our clients, I was sitting down with the global head of talent and I said, you know, you guys you're in a position where you should be marketing that this is a 24-month position. Hey, Scott, work for my company. It's a 24-month role. I'm going to pay you a boatload of money to work for me for 24 months. But when the 24 months are over, you know, you're free to go and do whatever you want. You know, so changing the language, you know, this is not a career. Hmm. You're not coming to work at a call center for a career. You're going to come and learn something. There was an article in the Wall Street Journal a couple, two months ago. No one wants to be an assistant manager anymore. Right. No one wants to be called assistant manager. Now, what does that mean? I, I, I don't know, but it means that we need to change the language of how we treat our employees. I just want to take a second and thank the sponsor of today's episode, HubSpot. Now, security is one of the major issues big tech is currently facing. From AI scrapes to data leaks, starting your business solidly can be just as difficult as growing it securely. HubSpot is on a mission to help your business grow better with a CRM platform that grows with you. Start your venture with HubSpot's easy-to-use, secure website builder that scales with your business. As you grow, ensure your team of two is just as secure as your team of 200 with secure sign-on, content and asset partitioning, and scalable team permissions. Whatever comes next, make sure your business is ready for it. Learn how your business can grow better at HubSpot.com. Now, what I find very interesting is how like Recruiting.com is, is filling the gap that has manifested because of COVID. But it's interesting because you didn't come from a recruiting background. So I want to talk about um, the model that you implemented at recruiting.com because your brain and how you think through innovation and disruption, I think is probably positioned uh, uh, recruiter.com, excuse me, to to fill some of these gaps that we're seeing now. Yeah. And I want you to I want you to walk through it in, in comparing the traditional agency like a well, I don't want to name names because you're, you're you're a direct competitor with some of these probably but you know the yeah, large no, so, the large recruiting agencies yeah. and why so, and look, why I, they aren't yeah yeah totally agree so a you know fundamentally um, hiring hasn't changed I, I don't know ever right you know you you post a job you collect resumes you screen the candidates you interview them you hire them right that is the process for hiring uh, whether you put an ad in the New York Times, you know, 30 years ago, or you post a job on LinkedIn, right? That's how you got the job. Whether you mailed in your resume or emailed it or downloaded it or got it via fax, right? Then you screen the candidates, you interview them, and you hire them. That process hasn't changed, and and I think it's due for a change, and we'll deal with that two years from now. Um, the the and the, fundamentally, there are two ways to do that. You either do it yourself. So Scott, the business owner, will post the job, collect the resumes, you know, uh, screen the candidates, interview the candidates. Or historically, you hired a, a headhunter or a recruiter, and the recruiter got paid 20 to 30% of the salary for getting that done. 
Um, now that made a lot of sense when hiring Scott was akin to your, the rest of your career is going to be working for me. So I'll pay someone to 30% of your first year salary because you're going to be here forever. Okay, so 30 years, that's easy. 10 years, I could still amortize it. But what if you're only going to be at this company for a year? How in the world am I paying 30% of a salary for someone who may or may not last a year to, you know, a year to 24 months? So I think that model needs to change. And what we started to do was to really capitalize on the gig economy from a recruiting perspective and say, you know what, Scott, you actually need, if you're trying to hire people in your company, why don't you bring on a recruiter who works for you 10 hours a week, 10 hours a day, whatever you want in your specialty and let them do the hiring for you, but pay them on, a, on an hourly basis. And that's what we're delivering on an on-demand basis. You know, you could hire a driver and pay the guy, you know, pay your driver an, an annual salary and a bonus, or you can go to Uber and say, hey, take me from point A to point B, mm. right? So, you know, you could do the same thing. And by the way, think of all the other models that are doing that today. Uh, you have Upwork doing that and Fiverr's doing it and Freelancer.com is doing it. And by, but by the way, we do that in our professional world, right? You have a, let's assume you have a bookkeeper or an accountant. Yeah. Does that account work for you full-time or do you use an accountant that you pay on a project-by-project -project basis? Uh, get even more granular. You're doing a real estate transaction, right? You're not going to hire a full-time attorney to do that one real estate transaction. You're going to find the right attorney for that location who knows it, who's licensed, et cetera. You're going to engage them for that assignment. And when the assignment's over, it's done. That is where we see the, the world going in talent acquisition. And we're doing that. We're capitalizing on this giant network of recruiters, getting them on assignments on a regular basis through subscription models, et cetera, and then adding the software to really make, you know, give them, you know, the proverbial superpowers, right? Give them the tools, you know, multi, multi-million dollar tools. Now, not just them. We're now able to do that from you know, Fortune 50 companies down to small businesses. So we actually launched a program called My Recruiter. You can go to start.recruiter.com slash MyRecruiter. And it is a full-on subscription. Starts at like, I think, $1,000 a month. Uh, there's no placement fees, nothing. You get a talent, you know, a talent advisor working for you to handle your specific job. And it's a monthly service. So it's a, it's a new service that we're offering and no one else does that on the planet today. No. Okay. So this is what you, when, you know, I'm reading through some of these, some of these talking points, the tinderization of the oh, recruiting yeah. industry. Is that, yeah. is that what this is? Is this like the, no. is this so like the, you're getting matched? Yeah. So that's going to happen probably next year. So right now you're in a very, very candidate centric uh, market, right? You don't want to do anything that inhibits uh, companies don't want to slow that process up. They don't want to change anything right now, right? So yeah, the the example I use in the tenderization of of uh, of recruiting is if you were going to hire a comedian, right? You're going to hire a comedian for an event. You don't read, right? You're not actually reading the paperwork. You don't want to read the resumes of the of the comedians, right? You basically want to say, you know what, show me all the comedians that are available in my area at this time that are not raunchy because here's my audience. And you're going to get five, five comedians and you're going to see 30 second or one minute clip of their comedy. And then you're going to choose that comedian based on which one you like the most. And you look at their paperwork because, by the way, their paperwork probably all says the same thing. Oh, they were starring here. They won these award. You know, their resume looks exactly the same. 
Well, if you were going to hire someone for a frontline customer facing role, why go through the process of getting their paperwork, reviewing a resume that, that all looks the same to screen them, to see what they are. Meanwhile, what you really want to do is say, you know what, I need a fill in the blank. I need this sort of customer facing role. Show me all the people that align with my requirements. Let me see a 30 second clip on who I want. And then, hey, I'm gonna shortlist you know, 10 of them and then I'll go into the paperwork side of things. And, and I think that is going to expedite this overall process. Hey, by the way, you know, you know the, the, res, the resume was invented by Leonardo da Vinci. And other than the font and the fact that we put our email and mobile number, it might not have changed much since Leonardo da Vinci. Since when is a one-page, since when is a one-page summary of who you are? You know, th- since when does that really make a lot of sense? It never does, but it's a way, it's a way to, it's a way to, so this is what I never understood about recruiting. I never understood how a one page resume could encapsulate an entire person's uh, professional life and personal life. And, and it just acts as like a screening tool when you have like ATS and all these other tools that look for these keywords. And then that sort of like filters everything out, but still, I mean, There's probably there's much, there's much better ways to do this. I love so there, so this is there the has to be a there's much way, better way. Right? There has right? to be because a better by the way. way you know, it, it's it's like it went from the personals, like let's go put an ad up in the New York Times for yeah. a personal, to hey here's my photo, here's a little bit about me, but only show the people that are interested in me anyway. Like in other words, there's already a filtering process. Why are you looking at people who aren't screened already? Like why are you doing that? Why are you and again, you know, there's so much data out there on individuals. And so the other thing that's really, really fascinating is, you know, if we're in a job hopper economy, that actually means that more people are actually open to looking for a job than not looking for a job. And there's some statistics now of how many people, four out of 10 people are looking for, you know, so the, does that mean that everyone is a passive candidate or an active candidate? Like, in other words, it's, it's pretty incredible to watch that. Right. That means that for the right opportunity, I can get you to leave your job because yeah. there's no yeah. longer any stigma. And by the way, I was talking about this the other day with somebody. Imagine you love Charlotte, North Carolina, right? You don't live there, but you love it there. Why not work for a company in Charlotte that says, hey, Scott, you get to come here every six weeks. Oh, I love that. My my best friend lives there. My in-laws yeah. live. Right. So all of a sudden now we're going to leverage the hybrid environment to our benefit. So, so if you were gonna if you were gonna set up the perfect recruiting process, what would what would that look like? Like, if you could do it, if you could do it differently than the standard de facto way that we do it right now, what do you think yeah, that so, perfect process yeah, is? I, I think let's break it up. First of all, you know, I grew up in an either or world. You know, Sony or Betamax, HBO or Showtime. You know, now it's really a <laughs> or Mac versus you know PC. Um, now it's really uh, we're in an and both world. Right. So there's no longer either or it's an and both. I think for customer facing roles, I would actually start with the video. I would I would hands down start with video, with data on the video and analytics on the video. And I would say only let me just see the people that align with what I'm looking for. I want friendly, you know, friendly, uh, friendly people uh, with this experience, you know, who could do X and Y and Z and use and that's really what, what I'm talking about with the Tinderization of, of, gotcha. of interviewing. And again, you'll start with something nice and simple. But by the way, you would say the same thing looking at a Java developer, right? Not a video, but like, hey, just show me the people that scored over 95% on this test. 
right? You know, don't show me all the people that didn't take the test. So, hey, if you want to work for me, I'm going to build a giant curated pool of developers that have passed this assessment test because that's where I want to fish in. I don't, I don't want to fish in anyone that hasn't done that. So I, I think you're going to start seeing, because if people are moving around so quickly, there's got to be a way that we're looking at things differently now. By the, by the way, look at, look, at look at colleges. You're a little young to have kids in college, but like the schools now, because it's so easy to apply to colleges, they're being inundated with applications. So clearly they're using some sort of, you know, to think that, you know, that a school is looking at every single application that comes in and reading every essay, like they're just saying, hey, look, anyone that didn't score at least this on their test or this on their index or read these words, don't even look at it. Just get rid of it. And one would say the same thing now. I just want to take a second to thank the sponsor of today's episode, Swag.com. Now, you know, if you've ever received a corporate gift or swag in the past, how many of those gifts did you actually keep? Probably not many, which is probably because the stuff that you got was not so great. I've gotten a uh, like a lot of stuff from trade shows and from companies in the past that I've just thrown out the second I get it. So this is why you need to check out swag.com. I've been on the receiving end of getting garbage gifts. I've also worked in companies where I only had access to a really, really small inventory of stuff that I wanted to give my customers and my employees. And I knew that it wasn't going to resonate. I knew that it was going to suck. So what is swag.com? Well, it's like, Swag upgraded. It's the best place to buy custom gifts and swag that people will actually want to keep. So they sent me a box because obviously they're sponsoring the show and I wanted to see what it's all about. I, you know, I've worked in businesses. I want to make sure that the quality of their stuff actually was up to my standards because I can tell you right now that when I get garbage, it goes right into the trash. It, like, it really goes right into the trash the second I got back from the trade show or the conference or whatever. So I received one of the custom swag boxes from swag.com. I loved the unique packaging, so it was a beautiful unboxing experience. Uh, I love the actual products they sent me, and there's a whole bunch more that obviously they didn't send me, but the stuff that they did send was absolutely beautiful. It was very high quality, and I can only imagine that if I actually got this when I was working for companies, I probably would have actually used it. And to be honest, I'm going to start using them for people that work on my show and in my company as well because I know that this isn't just uh, a novelty gift that somebody's going to throw. It's stuff that they can actually use. They have so many unique and customizable gifts that I've never seen anywhere else. They have custom yoga mats. They have custom Apple AirPods. They even have branded kayaks, which I did not know was a thing. So they carry all these premium brands like North Face, Yeti, Nike, and more. And it's all customizable with your company's logo or artwork. Uh, with swag.com, they take care of all of your swag at their warehouse and they ship it to individual addresses. Or if you prefer, uh, you can just send it to a bulk location in one single shipment. It's easy to manage uh, from their online portal, which you obviously get access to. So if this is something that you think would benefit you. If you have clients or customers or a team and you wanna go the extra mile and you actually wanna give gifts that people appreciate, which is the whole point of giving these gifts in the first place, go to swag.com uh, for the perfect swag and custom gifts. Right now, they're giving everybody who's a Success Story podcast listener a special offer. It's 10% off your entire order, but only when you go to swag.com slash success and enter promo code SUCCESS10. Remember, for 10% off, go to swag.com slash success and use promo code success10. Yeah, no, that makes sense. Um, and then that, that's, that's when companies are trying to hire, but f you know, flip, the, flip the script. When 
you have all these different candidates. What are candidates looking for? What do they value most in companies uh, that you're seeing? Yeah, so you know what we've seen in the last you know three years or two years is really the work-life balance becoming a bigger priority for candidates. Now, there's something kind of novel about that, um, but also as a as a as a as a business owner, you know, we we grew up with the expression "there's probably very little money can't solve." But now, what if what if money can solve it, right? I'll pay you more money, but you want to work remote. I'll pay you more money, but you want to you know only work four days a week. So I think this work-life balance uh, and the prioritization, and that's really what's happening. We're seeing like candidates say, "Here's what's really important to me," and they're finding companies that are aligned with what's important to them. And by the way, remote work isn't everyone's priority. Some people want to be in person. And I think what we're able to do now in this post-pandemic world is not be all things to all people. Let's mm -hmm. do the things that we want to do as a company. We're only going to be virtual. or And if you're virtual, you're only virtual, maybe you're not getting entry-level people because training entry-level people in a virtual environment is actually very difficult. So I think you're seeing that from candidates. Um, that's the next question of where should candidates go? I think from a candidate perspective, figure out what skills you want to have when it's over. Figure out where you want to be when it's over. What does that look like when it's done, right? If I'm working for Scott, what am I going to learn from Scott in a year or two that I can now take to the next, you know, to the, to my next experience? What's that experience looking like? It's interesting um, because now with, with people switching so quickly, now the question of like pensions and, and you know, in, in Canada, RRSP contribution and all these yeah. different mechanisms for like retirement, that's completely changing too. So I, have you seen any companies tackle that differently? Yeah, uh, so, any ways so to, the, yeah. The real, yeah, it's really the biggest inhibitor to the gig economy is actually mortgages. So pensions already became portable, right? 401ks are now portable. That yeah. went portable, you know, years ago. Um, healthcare benefits now, you have companies saying you, you start healthcare on day one. I think there's some statistic like 40% of all U.S. adults are on some sort of government healthcare program anyway. Um, the real challenge to the gig economy really is mortgage. You know, you can make a million dollars in your business, right, as a gig, and, and I can make $50,000 as a W-2 salary, and I'll have an easier time getting a mortgage than you will. Because the banking today, they want to see a W-2 as if a W-2 is the be-all and end-all. Um, that's going to have to change because that's a huge inhibitor to the gig economy. I'll give you another statistic, Scott. 35% of all adults in the U.S. have a side hustle. Mm -hmm. It's not right? surprising so, to me at all. Yeah. Right. So I, I think what that really tells you is that whatever industry you're in, you need to sort of make sure that that you could, I'll use your word, gigify a, a segment of your business because it's out there. Um, the other thing that we're, we're working on now, even internally, is what I call the four-fifths job, right? In other words, in this goal of work-life balance, you know, when do you shut down, right? If I send someone an email at 11 o'clock at night, it's not because I'm nuts and crazy. It's because there's something on my head that I want to email. Yeah. And I don't want anyone to feel like they have this responsibility to reply at 11 o'clock at night. Um, and the best way to do that is, hey, look, you know, I want to have a four-fifths job. So pay me 80% of a salary and I'm going to 
you know, make sure people work Monday, Tuesday, but then decide your schedule Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. But this way, you know, you could say, hey, I am, I don't work Thursdays. I don't work Thursday afternoon and Friday afternoon. I don't work Fridays. And the expectation is that, hey, I don't work Fridays and, and not I'm going to email you and I expect a response immediately. And things like Slack and all these collaborative tools actually are getting people nervous, right? Because, you know, it used to be that you're at your desk. Now, where are you? How come I could Slack you? So we have the freedom to walk around and the freedom to work wherever we want. But yet at the same time, this, this sense of responsibility to replying back, you know, synchronously uh, as these things are actually happening. So there, there's some challenges there as well. But the four fifth job is not going to solve for that. That's a that's a, a psychological issue that people have that's, that that's managers have to be cognizant of. Yeah, and that's that's something yeah. that's a huge. And that's why you see all these countries over in Europe um, that are either trying to stop people from uh, respond or or communicating outside of your work hours or making it um, or protecting rights by you know saying like legally you don't have to respond after right. a certain time. Right. So that they, they're yeah. almost like instilling like the psychological safety so that Psy people don't feel Psychological work life yeah. balance. Yeah. No, yeah. So I, I just think that, look, as a business, being able to attract someone who only wants to work, you know, four fifths of a job is actually creating a few things. Why? You're giving them that built in flexibility that maybe other companies won't. So you're paying them less. But you're, I think there's a lot of good things in doing it uh, because you're trying to attract people. Right. How do you. How do you build a culture, you know, when uh, when you're all working remotely? Like, how do you do that? And those are the I things have no that, idea. Like, it's very hard. <laughs> yeah. It's very, yeah. No, it's very I, hard. I, I agree. I agree. Um, you know, I was with another global head of talent and he go and he said to me, you know, Evan, here's the challenge. You know, my office, if I left the company, my office didn't change my my right. This is my. Right now, I'm in a, a virtual office, work. but my yeah. office doesn't change. I work from my home. So if I left the company, it's not like I'm leaving friends. It's not like I'm leaving the restaurant down the corner or the best coffee or the best muffin. Right? My, my home office isn't changing. My last name is. My email address is changing, but the rest doesn't change. So it makes it just so easy. You know, did you have, I had a job that I stayed in probably six months longer than I wanted to because it was just so, the commute was seven and a half minutes from my home. You know, that that's, but who would do that now, right? Who would do that? Yeah. I, I also had a company that they wanted me to move to Atlanta and I, I had to leave. They wanted me to move. Again, that these these are all things that just wouldn't happen in, in 2022. Very good. No, it's very, it's very interesting to just see. Uh, and I think that uh, maybe, you know, your comment on this as well, but COVID just moved things along quicker, but like we were already going in this direction anyways. It was just oh. like, it, it was just a massive accelerator. That's right. Do you remember, you know, five, again, I'll say five years, five years ago, we were talking about the efficacy of remote work. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Five years ago. Oh, I don't know. We don't allow it. We're vehemently opposed to remote work. You know, all these things are like, we were talking about that five years ago. And now it's like, do I make you even come in? I, I make it yeah. come in maybe one day a week. Like, how do I do that to make it meaningful? Like, we don't want to have Zoom day. So come in and it's, you know, it's only, it's it's pretty incredible that, that that's really happened. Um, okay, let's, uh, let's, let's wrap this up. I want to do a couple of rapid fire. Um, but before I pivot, uh, 
closing thoughts on future of work, future of, of yeah. talent recruiting and, and where you where you think the industry is going to go, what you're working on with recruiting.com in the future, recruiter.com in the future. And then I also want to get uh, from you uh, like websites, socials, all, all that stuff sure. so you can go check it out. Sure. So um, look, more money will be invested uh, in hiring talent in 22 than ever before as the tightness of the labor market, the increase in hourly wages, the flexibility of the working environment, the ease of applying for jobs online, employees' desire for new experiences and work-life balance, and you know, this emergence of this job hopper economy. And uh, you know, as I mentioned before, we estimate that the US will be investing more than $50 billion in 22 over the amount spent in uh, 2019 just to hire talent. And uh, you know, now really is the time, a little self-promotion, now really is the time for Recruiter.com and really for talent acquisition. You know, We are in the golden age of talent acquisition. Yeah, very smart. Okay, um, obviously Recruiter.com is the domain, but where else do they go? Social, and also for you too, if they wanna connect with yeah, you, Evan, what, what are your yeah. preferred socials? Uh, Evan at Recruiter.com. Okay. I'll give my mailing address. Someone could actually send me a card, like a written card. Like my preferred if you want. is to my preferred <laughs> is to type something down with carbon paper and then email it to me. I'll give you my fax number. I, I, oh jeez, I, I don't to, know. I, still, any, I don't know if you're going to get much I'm on that. I'm not getting much. <laughs> on my, I give my telex number and my fax number. Um, yeah, Evan oh. at recruiter.com. Um, you can go to recruiter.com. Uh, you could join our, we have a huge LinkedIn group for the recruit, the recruiter.com LinkedIn group is like 850,000 people, uh, Twitter. You can follow me. Evan Sohn is my handle or recruiter.com. I think we have like 49,000 Twitter followers. Um, but really pretty, pretty simple to get in touch with, uh, with, with us that way. Amazing. Okay. Let's do a couple of rapid fire. Just to pull out some last insights from your career. Uh, biggest challenge that you've overcome in your personal or professional life? What was it? How'd you overcome it? Um, oh, that's a really good question. Uh, I, I think the biggest challenge, um, I've had a lot of interesting challenges. Uh, I've been fired, you know, so I, I think recovering from being fired is, uh, is never fun. Um, it's a huge, you know, blow to your ego. Like, how dare they? Um, but when you're in the sale, when you're in sales, like it's, you know, an old CEO once told me, you're not really a salesperson, so you've been fired, you know? So I, I think those things all part for the course, but I, I think that was, you know, the first time that really happened. That was like a very, very serious blow and recovering from that was, uh, was pretty challenging. If you had to choose one person, and there's obviously been many, but pick one person who's had an incredible impact on your life. Who was it? What did they teach you? Um, so I've had uh, okay. So let's talk. I, I had a you know a mentor back in the in the two thousands, who uh, incredibly uh, gracious individual, incredibly seasoned. Why he spent time with me, I have no idea. Um, just really incredible. And you know the first time I met with him, he uh, I you know I walked him through a, pre a deck. Right. You know here's the deck. Let's walk through it. And he he said to me, Do you value our time together? I said, of course I do. And he goes, you obviously don't because we spent the first 20 minutes walking through a deck. And instead, had you emailed it to me, um, we could have actually spent the time in meaningful conversation. And I, and I think what I really learned from him was really that, like people that want to help uh, get your materials together, don't read from the slides. And then, and then he was very, very into, you know, what are the metrics? 
Like understand what your metrics are and what is the key thing to drive that metric. And if you don't know what that one thing is, then it's the wrong metric. So find out exactly what the metrics are and what are you doing to change those metrics. So there, there you go. Very, very smart. Um, a book or podcast you'd recommend people go check out that has had an impact on your life. Yeah, so I uh, I was reading uh, other than your podcast. Um, <laughs> uh, I would say uh, um, Extreme Ownership, um, you know, uh, by uh, Jocko, uh, you know, former yep. Navy SEAL. He does a really good job. There's a lot there. I take that stuff like very very seriously. So I really like that a lot. I am totally hooked on This Week in Startups. Um, I only wish he didn't podcast every day because I'm always behind. Um, and then my son uh, loves, and he hooked me up on uh, on uh, how how uh, how how this was built. Is that it? Yeah, the the, the guy Ross like uh, NPR guy Raz, show. Guy like, yeah, 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 the NPR show. That's great. That's also really really yeah. good. Great podcast. I'm in the gym Those are good a lot, so I'll I'll podcast then. I'll listen to podcasts while I'm in the gym. Smart. Um, if you could tell your 20 year old self one thing, what would it be? Um. 20, 20 year old self. Wow. Uh, <laughs> Throwing it back. That's, you know, I'm 54 years old. That's a very, very long time ago. Um, I didn't have a beard then. Um, <laughs> clearly no gray hair, no beard, um, not married. Um, I, I would probably say that uh, make sure that whatever you do, you do with a, a really good partner. Um, you know, one of the companies that I had started, I, I did it by myself, really. And I think that was a, a real challenge, you know, that you really want to have a partner in, in business and in life. You know, you need someone to bounce things off of, someone that is aligned with you, uh, someone that actually has the same priorities and, and really the same objectives. And I, I think that employees are great and they're always good to have employees, but, you know, their motivations are different than a true partner in life and in business. So I probably tell that to my 20 year old self. Very smart. And then last question, what does success mean to you? Uh, success, I, I really measure success not on the value that I create for myself, but on the value that I create for everyone around me. That if I can make the people around me successful, then I know I'm doing a good job. Uh, it's pretty easy to drive, ironically, you know, to drive your own success, right? To toot your own horn. But how do you make everyone else really, really uh, succeed? Um, in fact, you know, what I learned early on was like the great, you know, uh, I remember I started a company pretty young back in the days where you didn't start a company really young. Um, you know, one of the best, one of the best compliments you can give a CEO is to say to that CEO, your team is amazing, right? Every person I met at this company is amazing. You, the, 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 the management that you've assembled here is just amazing. And when you do that to a CEO, you'll watch their shoulders are drop and they'll smile. Because that's the ultimate compliment. The compliment's not you're brilliant and you're really smart. It's that look at look at what you've created around you. So for me, it's really the measurement of success. And by the way, I, I would probably say, you know, I have a series of rules that I live by, and one of them is never work for someone who doesn't want to see you succeed. Like if you're working for someone who cares more about their own success than your success, you're get out, leave. That's just not the right place for you. I want to take a second and thank Indeed. They're a huge sponsor of the Success Story podcast. And as business leaders, we're all driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate 
isn't to search at all. It's to match with Indeed. Now, if you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. You need to ditch the busy work. You need to use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster, all the tools you need are in one spot. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of the show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash Clary. Just go to Indeed.com slash Clary right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash Clary. Terms and conditions apply. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. This episode is brought to you by NetSuite. Now, as a business owner, I always remember when my company hits a growth spurt. It's great, but then you realize that things start to break. Things are taking three times as long. Manual processes start to bury your team in paperwork and admin, and you really don't have one reliable source of data or truth to understand how healthy your business is. If this sounds familiar, you have to know three numbers. 37,000, That's how many businesses have upgraded to NetSuite, the number one cloud financial system. 25, NetSuite turns 25 this year. That's 25 years streamlining accounting, inventory, HR, and more for growing companies. And one, because your business truly is one of a kind, NetSuite gives you customized solutions so you can manage everything about your business in one place, from inventory to invoicing, one powerfully efficient system. I love having all of my data in one spot NetSuite allows me to do that. It gives me the big picture so I can make smarter decisions. And they turn complex financials into understandable, actionable insights. Right now, you can get NetSuite's popular KPI checklist for free to help improve your business. It's designed to help you boost performance across key areas of your business. Go to netsuite.com slash Clary to download the checklist and see how one complete system can transform your growth. That's netsuite.com slash Scott Clary. Get more control in your business with NetSuite. Just a quick question. Have you ever had one of those oh no moments when you realize that you accidentally deleted a huge file or worse, your whole computer dies? I know I have. It's happened to me a lot, but don't sweat it. The sponsor of today's episode, Backblaze, they have your back. It is unlimited backups for all your Macs, your PCs, or even your whole company. And it's really affordable under a hundred bucks a year. If you're running a business, they take the stress out of protecting everyone's data. If you need more bells and whistles for compliance, so on and so forth, they have enterprise options too. Honestly, losing data sucks, but Backblaze makes getting it back easy. They have restored billions of files. They offer tons of restore options, including rapid recovery in an event of data loss or ransomware. And you can access your backed up data from everywhere and anywhere in the world using their web app, iOS, or Android apps. It's been recommended by the New York Times, Inc., Macworld, PC World, LifeWire, Wired, Tom's Guide, 9to5Mac, and tons more. And best, you can try it fully featured with no risk at backblaze.com slash story. They set up that link for all Success Story podcast listeners. That is a no-risk free trial 
at backblaze.com slash story. Seriously, back up your stuff. I don't know about you, but the idea of being harassed, scammed, or even worse, all because somebody found my personal information online, that's terrifying. Our political opinions, our addresses, even stuff about our families, it's out there for anyone to grab. And did you know that data brokers are allowed to sell information on over 98% of Americans? It's scary stuff. That's why I've partnered with Delete Me. I personally use Delete Me. They're a big friend of the podcast because I put myself out there online. So safety is a huge concern. It's really scary how easy it is to find someone's details and information. But Delete Me creates a layer of protection that we all need. You tell Delete Me what you want gone and they make it disappear from those sketchy data broker sites. And Delete Me doesn't stop. They constantly monitor the web to keep your information off those lists. It's like having a privacy watchdog that never sleeps. You need to take control of your data and keep your private life private by signing up for Delete Me. They're giving a special discount for all Success Story podcast listeners. Get 20% off your Delete Me plan when you go to joindeleteme.com slash success and use promo code success at checkout. The only way to get 20% off is to go to joindeleteme.com slash success and enter code success at checkout. J-O-I-N-D-E-L-E-T-E-M-E dot com slash success. Hey everyone, I just want to take a second and thank the sponsor of today's episode, Heaven Hill Bottled and Bond Bourbon. Now I don't have a lot of liquor sponsors on this show. Heaven Hill Bottled and Bond is actually one of my favorites. I've drank it for a few years now, and this is why we actually decided to work together. Heaven Hill Distillery, family-owned since 1935, is a great entrepreneur story, too. So there's five brothers. They filled their first whiskey barrels back in 1935, and their legacy still lives on today. Heaven Hill Bottled and Bond is aged over seven years. That's three more than required by the Bottled and Bond Act of 1897. This means the best quality, the best purity, and the best consistency. This is not just average bourbon. It's the winner of the double gold medals at multiple 2023 World Spirits competitions, and they've won the very prestigious Triple Still Award. It's a very big deal in the liquor and bourbon world. Heaven Hill Bottled and Bond boasts an exceptionally smooth oak flavor, while its aroma offers a sweet blend of caramel and smooth vanilla. If you love bourbon, you need to try Heaven Hill Bottled and Bond. Available nationally, look for a bottle at your local store. Heaven Hill reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely. 